I am your host, Steve, and I am joined by Kevin, and together we are doing a complete and methodical review of the Christopher Nolan 2020 epic high-concept time travel film, Tenet. We are doing a minute-by-minute analysis of the film by conducting our own temporal pincer movement. I am on the red team moving forward through the film. Kevin is on the blue team traveling in reverse. How are you, Kevin? I'm, I'm well. I, I mean, I'm doing amazing. It's the best day of my life. <laughs> It's good. It's good. Good to hear. I'm, uh, I'm excited to hear that. That's great news. Great news. Um, we, this is episode 55, by the way, just blowing through this movie at a record pace. Um, when did uh, yeah. we publish, when did we publish our first episode? Do you happen to know? I was wondering that if it's been like a year, because like I, it's it's like fifty five would be a year, right? If we did it week to week, but we have a couple breaks in there. We've had like two or three breaks. Hold on, I'm gonna get the exact published date for episode one right now. I feel like it was around January. Whew, episode yeah. one. Uh, why can't I see it? It's oh, so wait, hard to find is... our podcast, I know. <laughs> oh, that's actually not it. Are we even the number one tenant podcast? <laughs> There's that I'll Friends so... at Dusk podcast. <laughs> I'll be so angry if we're not, actually. Uh, we dedicated well, we so go. much of our lives to this movie. <laughs> oh, man. We started on March 13th, 2022. Oh, no shit. <laughs> wow. So this it's... will hey, go happy out. anniversary. Happy anniversary. <laughs> Look at that, man. That's wild. Uh, yeah, this is gonna this is gonna go out on the twelfth. So yeah, this is uh, this is the one year mark, fifty five episodes. Wow, we kept a pretty tight ship then. How did we publish fifty five episodes in one year? Where we published we published a couple on the startup day. Oh, Didn't that's we? that's what it was. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think we published five on on when we started because yeah, you're yeah you you made that was yeah, my, we started that was my demand. <laughs> yes, yes. We started recording like like maybe two months before we published, so that's it. Now we're like caught up. Uh, so yeah. like if we don't record, you you y'all miss a week. <laughs> it lets us be so topical like this one. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and we could talk uh, about the Oscars next week. So great. Oh yeah. Okay. Sweet. Um. Awesome. Before we get into it, I got to share. I just finished watching uh, season two of The White Lotus. Have you watched is that, season is one that or two? The new season? No. It's the newest season. I have not season, watched yeah. anything. I know nothing about this except it's like a resort. Like a, I don't know. Yeah. Highly, I highly recommend it. It's an awesome show. It's, uh, it's like seven episodes each season. So you kind of fly through it. Uh, I would say, like, I, had, I didn't know anything about it going into season one. And it's like a show that almost makes you feel a little uncomfortable because there's lots of cringy moments in it. <laughs> uh, and then there's lots of unexpected moments. But the whole thing is like it's a it's a murder mystery show because oh. the very like in the first like five or ten minutes, there's a murder. You don't see who it is. And then the rest of the season walks it's through a like oh. the rest oh, of the no, season. 
it's not a Columbo, is what I, I was going to say. It's a Columbo. No, no, no. So like in Columbo, you know, you know who it is, and then you see him solve it. In this, it's like yeah. I don't know what other. It's like murder she wrote. I don't know. <laughs> you, well, you 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 know, in episode one, someone dies. You don't know who it is, and then over the next seven episodes, there's basically just tons of like interesting story and character development. Uh, you know, and some of it leads you to think like, oh, it's going to be this person who dies. Oh, no, it's going to be this person who like you don't know until hmm. the very end. But like the journey is fun. The stories are really interesting. Almost none of these people are normal. <laughs> or it's like, actually, actually, no, that's not true. Like a lot. No, you know what? No, it is a lot of normal people uh, going They're through like rich dark... people, right? Well, some of them. Are, yeah, a, a lot of yeah. them are rich. Yeah. Anyway, highly, highly recommend. Okay. Have you seen Succession? Oh, God. I think that is the second most overrated show on TV. <laughs> it wins all these freaking awards. It is. It's just not There's that just good in so my opinion. so much acting. In <laughs> the dude, so much the dude who, in there. The dude who plays, what's his name? The, the, the oldest son, Kenneth. I forget yeah, his yeah. name. Uh, like, he's supposedly super, super method. To the point where, like, Brian Cox can't stand him on set. <laughs> Brian Cox seems like that old school actor who's just like, he's just a face and he just says lines and people like it. There's like, he puts yeah. like nothing on the ball. <laughs> I think that's spot on. I think that's, yeah. That, yeah. It's, and I, I love him. Uh, <laughs> I was watching an old movie he showed up in and I was like, oh, look at this guy. <laughs> Looks the exact same age. This is from I know. 1994. <laughs> I want, I saw him in like X Men. I think he's in X Men Two. Oh yeah, yeah. Two. yeah. He was an old man in that. <laughs> he was an old man. That's like twenty years old now. <laughs> Maybe uh, older. Anyway, yeah. I don't. Do you like Succession? I do actually. Okay. So I'll, I don't know. I'll compare. I'll watch White Lotus and compare the two. Um, oh, it's no contest. I, I, I like those very like drop that very basic dramas that hbo is so good at making yeah all right well let's jump into it yeah let's uh get back on the yacht back on the yacht i am at uh i'm not on the yacht actually so i'm at oh. 54 minutes and 21 seconds that's my my minute marker um we left off last week the protagonist is approaching the dinner that's being hosted by okay. Seder with a whole bunch of people who we don't know um, it's on some kind of like balcony promenade thing. Looks like a really nice little set. Um, and the protagonist sat down right next to Seder and they just started talking. Uh, and my, my minute last week ended with just tell me if you've slept with my wife yet. <laughs> and then the protagonist responds classically with, uh, no. And he has like this awkward look back towards her. <laughs> And then he looks back at Seder and he's like, not yet, <laughs> uh, you know, like jokingly, but you know, Seder is not the kind of guy that's going to find that funny uh, because he responds <laughs> with, how would you like, how would you like to die? <laughs> the protagonist is oh, old. <laughs> oh, he's going to talk about like stuffing his balls into his throat or something. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah, that's that's the majority yeah. Of Wait, what's the line? Yeah, what's the line? This is great. That's the, this is like half my minute now, so okay. I spoiled it already. <laughs> you did. So protagonist says old. Seder says you chose the wrong profession. There's a walled garden up the road. 
We are going to take you there, cut your throat, not across, in the middle, like a hole. Then we take your balls and we stuff them in the cut. Block the windpipe. Protagonist says, complex. <laughs> like, yeah, you thought you put some thought into this. <laughs> yeah. That's not a first draft. <laughs> Sater says, it's very gratifying to watch a man you don't like try to pull his own balls out of his throat before he chokes. <laughs> the protagonist, is this how you treat all your guests? <laughs> very, very witty. Sater says, we're yeah. finished. And he like signals to Volkov. Volkov starts approaching the protagonist, uh, you know, probably to escort him out. Then the protagonist looks over to Seder and says, do you like opera? Uh, and at this moment, Seder is, is sipping his vodka. He looks over mm. to the protagonist, very slowly starts lowering his glass. <laughs> uh, very, very strong, intent look. Um, then the pro looks up at Volkov, you know, and mm -hmm. Seder says, well, <laughs> the protagonist <laughs> says, not here. And Seder nods his head in agreement. And he says, uh, you sail? Protagonist says, I've messed around on boats. And then Sater says, be on the dock at 8, ready to do more than mess around. Protagonist says, 8 a.m. And that's it. That's the end of my minute. It's a nice little tidy uh, minute. He says, uh, does, he set, does he do the finger lace thing to signal to no? Oh, my gosh. I didn't notice. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, that I would don't be... think he does it to Sater. I don't think you should, right? He's a villain. Yeah, you don't um, want to. He doesn't say the word tenant, so he does. No, but it's the word opera gets his attention. But like, uh, you know, even people involved in that operation had nothing. Had didn't know it was tenant related. They thought it was yeah. just, you know, radioactive material related. Hmm. So true. Sater can safely assume that this guy probably doesn't know that it's tenant related or I don't know, maybe hard to say. Hmm. Yeah. But he's intrigued by, so well, yeah, maybe it would give he, up the game if he knew he was tenant. I think it would, but he, he yeah. you know, Seder needs the two forty one, So he doesn't have it at this point and he needs it. Hmm. All right. Wow. That wrapped that up pretty quickly. All one location, all just one. Uh, yeah really uh easy threatening we don't dialogue. really get to see him we don't really get to see him interact with the rest of the guests like it's <laughs> that's what i said last week like i want to know you know the protagonist sits down and gives a, a guy like a nice smile and nod like who was that guy <laughs> i want to know like Let did us they know. eat like <laughs> <laughs> yeah, did they, what was on the menu <laughs> yeah well how many courses were there <laughs> right what were what was the wine? They're in Italy, for God's sake! Like, was it was it something old and nice? Was it northern? Or was it southern? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe a little Chianti. Yeah, <laughs> inverted Chianti. So you show up and you're like, "Well, am I hammered?" And you slowly get sober oh. throughout the night. <laughs> inverted, inverted, inverted Chianti gets worse with age. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. That just clicked with you. <laughs> Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. All right. All right. Okay, Blue team, okay. you're up. Blue team is up. Here we got, I got all dialogue. I got moving pieces. I got a lot to get through here now because uh, we're going into the turnstile. Um, 
where the protagonist in the last episode, uh, I talked about him leaving the turnstile. Uh, here we get a lot of, we, it kind of lines up just perfectly because it's just after Neo and the protagonist had a big back and forth about the plan and why the plan isn't going to work or why it's already happened. Uh, you know, so we'll talk about that next week. Uh, but that's what just happened. And then we cut to Ives running around in the background of the uh, turnstile, um, getting stuff uh, and supplies, uh, interrupts their conversation, stating, you can't stay here. Uh, meaning that because they are now inverted, they are on a ticking clock that's going backwards where the other team is going to be coming. They're, you know, the... Right. The turnstile is going to change hands in a few minutes, right? As it goes backwards in back into Sator's control, which means that they're going to be, um, or what Neil says here is uh, his response to that is, and we don't have much time, so find us a nice cozy shipping container that just came off a ship from Oslo. Um, so that's I guess I guess. Ives doesn't go into that shipping container with him. I guess he leaves or he gets into a different shipping container. Well, um, so like someone has to uninvert so that they can load this thing up and get it onto a shipping container, right? Yeah, that's what's uh, interesting because I was like watching all the backgrounds of this scene trying to pick out like, what are they doing? <laughs> like, Because like, they're all on the red team. They have uh, Ives team all has the red team patch, which means they are going normally, but they invert. With... Oh, wait a second. No, you have to you have to get on a shipping container in reverse. So you can't, you can't even get the assist from someone who is normal. That's why he says, find one that just got right. Back. Cause you're going to get stuffed in. Yeah. You're going to take out the yeah, contents you... and put yourself in there. Okay. Got it. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. So that's, that's the game, which means that when Seder comes, when Seder's doing all that, they're in the background. <laughs> when Seder's interrogating. Yeah. She's, back there and so is um you know the rest of the team um which is I, I guess just par for the course you have to you can't interrupt history um i got some other uh tidbits in here so as uh neil is saying that um the protagonist is in the background taking off his fireman's uh jacket um and getting into normal not fireman clothes because this whole time he's been dressed as a fireman i just realized <laughs> <laughs> which is kind of funny gotta gotta look the part because yeah. he, he dressed up as like a uh a, a construction worker earlier in the movie so I was, that's right yeah i was like huh so he dressed fireman why did he dress up as a native american yeah <laughs> Uh, never dressed up as a police officer either. But uh, okay, so he's doing that in the background. Ives says his catchphrase, um, this is cowboy shit. Uh, and then he goes on to say, you have no idea what you're getting into if you go out through that door. Uh, the protagonist says, well, I'm going, so any tips will be welcome. And then Ives says, Wheeler, brief him. All right, and this is our first on-screen introduction to Wheeler in the film, um, where she's speaking, at least. Um, she was a big part of the third act, but you don't see her face ever. So this is the first kind of time watching in reverse I paid attention to this actress. I thought I recognized yeah. her. Do you? 
Um, I feel like we've done this before and I forgot. She's in something else. Fiona, I, I looked too. I thought she was too, but I can't find what I know her from. She's Fiona Doriff. And she's done a lot of you know, one-off TV shows, like just one episode. Her, where is it? Is her IMDb top four? Oh, best known for Dirk Gertie's Holistic Detective Agency. Uh, one episode of Shameless, uh, The Blacklist, okay. and When We Rise. All things besides Shameless <laughs> that I've not seen, and I don't remember what episode from Shameless she's on. I, I... Interesting. She was in tr Just... True Blood, uh, oh, Cult True of Blood. Chucky. She was in an episode of Law and Order. Um, Everybody's in an episode of Law and Order. Yeah, <laughs> that's fair. She's from Woodstock, New York. Oh. Yeah, I Deadwood, two, three episodes, maybe that. I don't know. I don't know. But it's also hard to tell because she's got the helmet on. She's dressed in all the military gear. Uh, right. Anyway, yeah, like get... I see a picture of her. And I see a picture of her. Like if you just showed me that picture, I'd be like, she's not in Tenet. <laughs> no. <laughs> like every picture of her IDB is like looks like a, a supermodel. And then here she's like <laughs> Marine number five, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah exactly. Or it's not clear what they are. Just some sort of military outfit. Anyway, okay. So we're gonna get into a big um she has a lot more um dialogue on the script on the page than gets made into the final film. And she's uh, clearly so, named after famous physicist Wheeler, by the way. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, badass name, too. Yeah. OK. Uh, her briefing goes as follows. You need your own air. Regular air won't pass through the membranes of inverted lungs. The number one rule, don't come in contact with your forwards self. That's the whole point of these barriers. Uh, in the film she's talking about um the protective suits which she goes on uh in the script uh she's talking about the proving window it says she taps the proving window that's why we have these barriers um but in the film she goes these barriers protective suits if any particles of yours come into contact um and the protagonist says what annihilation says wheeler and the protagonist says that would be bad, right? Very, very witty, even even with the other people. He's got a, a lot of jokes in here. Um, now, at that same moment, there's some background stuff that's going on. Uh, you see a very quick clip of Neil putting bottles of water into a case, uh, and also around him are cans of food and toilet paper. Uh, and in the background, there are O2 canister, or um, I would imagine oxygen, or mm -hmm. maybe CO2 canisters, I'm not, or inverted oxygen, whatever inverted oxygen is. <laughs> yeah, it wouldn't be CO2 <laughs> that they would be breathing. No. Although that would make just as much sense. Well, that's, that's it, right? Because would, if it's uh... just CO2, you could breathe normally, because CO2 is in the air. I mean, if you're inverted, you inhale CO2 and exhale oxygen. I mean, like a tree. That, yeah, right. Wouldn't that be? That would be the simpler thing to explain. 
but then there'd be no reason reason for a mask. Uh, yeah, because it's not like the air is pure oxygen anyway, right? There, there's plenty of CO two in the air, especially nowadays, huh? You know, with the climate <laughs> change it. and the you know, the climate <laughs> change and the whatnot and the inconvenient truth and all that. Ah, CO two out there. Uh, but so I guess he just really wanted masks. Is the whole reason for that line? He really wanted people in oxygen masks. Yeah, yeah, I guess because it's got to be some way to just show visibly see the difference between an inverted and a normie. Exactly. Yeah. So it would be, uh, you know, not that they're moving backwards or anything. Well, because the camera, the camera's <laughs> inverted at times. That's well, why yeah, they need exactly. a visual representation that somebody is inverted. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. It's interesting that like he really stuck with masks and not like, like I don't know. <laughs> I mean, it looks cool, right? I, it does look cool, but it also is the main criticism of this film is that like you can't understand you can't, anything. Anybody can't says. Understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's why they took the, the masks off in Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> I, I don't know. I guarantee somebody wears a mask in Oppenheimer. <laughs> yeah, there's gonna there's gonna be some inaudible dialogue because that's just gonna be staple Nolan at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, when did it start? Did it start with Bane? There's nothing in Memento like that. Um, was it Bane? I mean, well, that was before even Interstellar. Um, I mean, Batman has a cowl, which is like the reverse oxygen mask. <laughs> right, right. He talks like uh, this. He does talk. Yeah, he's got a weird talking. Yeah. Uh, the Scarecrow wears a mask too, but it's not. Right. It's just a bag. Uh, insomnia, is there any mask work in Insomnia? It's the only one I haven't seen. Uh, uh, not that I remember. Has... Yeah. Yeah, it just feels like it well, I guess Bane. so. It certainly continued in Dunkirk because Tom Hardy again yeah. wears a mask for most of that movie. Can't understand. Yeah, it's those it. two. It's those two <laughs> together. He's like, it's so much better when they can <laughs> when they can either understand me or you, see my mouth. <laughs> Christopher Nolan, Chris Nolan approaches Tom Hardy to do Dunkirk. I'm like, I love you so much. I just, I just don't like the bottom half of your face. We're gonna cover it up again <laughs> in this next movie. <laughs> I, I, but it gets us all talking and doing the stupid vain voice. So maybe, maybe they are onto something. That's right. That's exactly right. Mm. Okay, so that's what's uh, going on in the background. Neil is loading up, so I guess that makes sense. They're gonna need food, water, and toilet paper in that shipping container. There is also in the background earlier. When the protagonist, when Ives and Neil were talking back and forth, there is a truck inside a shipping container behind them. I can't tell exactly what kind, but I see the headlights. I can't see the rest of the vehicle. Uh, it looks like like a military kind of shape or vehicle, just because they're like rounded um, headlights. But maybe a jeep, or maybe a jeep that we see later in so the Seder has Seder has an inverted tactical force if needed basically yeah. he he's Which, been inverting vehicles and just stationing places I guess like the Saab that we talked right. about that is inverted um okay so that's all the background stuff now we get into just um where uh, 
um, uh, just before the, she was talking about the protective suits, uh, the protagonist said, I, technically not in the script, but it's in the film where he says, no time for that. And then she just puts the protective suits down. Um, then they go into, um, he takes the respirator. Protagonist says, what do you mean uh, about the particles coming in contact? Because she didn't finish. He cut her off and said he doesn't need the suit. Uh, Wheeler says, annihilation. Uh, protagonist says that would be bad right as a joke and then she continues on the rest of her speech some of which is not in the film but this will get us to the end here uh they start standing be in, uh, before the uh, garage door opener and she says when you exit the airlock things will feel strange when you run the wind will be at your back if you encounter fire ice will form on your clothes as the transfer of heat is reversed Gravity will feel normal, but appear reversed for the world around you. Uh, this part is not in the film, but in the script. Don't worry about things falling so much as rising. If you see an object demonstrating unprompted instability, stay clear. It may be about to leap into the air. They cut that. Uh, you may experience distortion in your vision and hearing. This is normal. Light waves and sound waves are prognating away from you. This part, actually, this part is not in the film. Light waves and sound waves are prognating away from you. This should clear as your brain adjusts. And then we jump into my next minute where he says, after hearing all that, he says, can I drive a car? <laughs> Cowboy shit. Cowboy shit is the... <laughs> Got a catchphrase in there. I didn't realize that until the script. He <laughs> says it twice in one minute. <laughs> I I kind of regret not calling our podcast Cowboy Shit. Cowboy shit. <laughs> That's our next podcast. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I think I think to make it to cement a great catchphrase, you have to have a third. You have to bring it home. Yeah, like, I think that's fair. Like if he if Ives like the last thing he says before he walks away when Neil goes. Hey, you think anybody else could have picked that lock? <laughs> Cowboy shit. That would have <laughs> instantly been a great line <laughs> if that was his response. I Or like if the protagonist says it to Ives or something. Oh, yeah. They send it back to him. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's yeah. even better. Yeah. Like after something. they get pulled out, after they get pulled out and they're looking at each other, the protagonist is just like, Cowboy shit. <laughs> yeah. That would have been epic. Yeah. 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 Missed opportunity. Real, yeah. You know, really you know, Christopher Nolan could hire me to polish his next script if he wanted. <laughs> yeah. You could be like the the Seth Rogen to his Adam Sandler uh, via funny people. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, not the best analogy. Anyway, <laughs> no. Thank, thank you all for. I like funny people, by the way. I, I was like, do the they most... work together? <laughs> I couldn't even I think, think of when they were in a movie. I think <laughs> I, I argue uh, frequently that that is one of the most underrated movies of all time. Anyway, uh, huh. I, I'm, I think I'm alone on that island. Yeah, it sounds like it because I have only seen the first half hour of that film, actually. So, such a good movie. Anyway, thank you all for listening. <laughs> uh, you know what? Next week, let's do underrated movies. Um, cause I thought of more as I said that, <laughs> all right, <laughs> thank you all for listening to the tenement podcast. If you've enjoyed this program, please take a moment to follow rate and review 
uh, on whatever service you found us on. Rest assured, we will continue our temporal pincer movement of this film next week. And until then, we'll meet you at the beginning. I'll see you at the beginning, friends. <laughs>